The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. It's funny how money changes situation. Burnt. Miscommunication leads to complications. Burnt. Burnt. La 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, folks? It's uh, the shit you might have missed. Uh, the no AC edition. Bring it in the show. <laughs> A nice, warm, sweaty tea rich. <laughs> Giggity. Perspiring to my left is S double, who is surprisingly cool. Keeping us all in this heat across from me is Da Vinci Parks, aka Lee Bennett the Third, aka Keeper of the AC. Coming to <laughs> us live from somewhere is Hey Savage. Hi friends. How's your week been? It's been okay. It's been a pretty good week. I'm talking to the other friends. Oh. How was your week? It's been okay. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm wasted. <laughs> <laughs> That's how my week has been. I've been up to like 2 a.m. for like five days in a row. Yeah, I was doing that. I had to stop. That sleep deficit is real. Are you unable to hold the water in when you drink it? Does it just fall out of your mouth onto your shirt? Like see how tired and wasted you are. <laughs> I, I never thought to use that as a metric for how, how wasted I was. I'm, I'm going to have to consider that now. How drunk I, am I? Wait a minute. I, but I've seen a lot of drunk people. I've never seen that. You're like, well, that, oh, that you're, you're giving me something to aspire to. <laughs> <laughs> so, dribbling my water on. <laughs> In the interest of fairness, for those of you who are not quite sure what's happening, um, <laughs> some time ago, uh, Slim watched a movie that the rest of us had not yet seen. And then he brought Lee into this fold. And over the weekend, Christy and I watched it. It is dubbed the world's best worst movie. It's truly horrible. It's called The Room. It is it's breathtakingly bad, but not, it's past the point of being bad enough to turn it off. Like, it's so bad that you just want to just sit and How watch. bad does it get? <laughs> it, it's so bad. Yeah. You enjoy, like, you enjoy the experience of watching it. It's That's so how bad. bad it is. I wanted to watch it immediately again, and Christy <laughs> did watch it immediately again. I did. The music. I did. Because oh. I was so intrigued by the soundtrack, I shazammed it, and <laughs> good God almighty, Spotify did not disappoint. The whole fucking score is on Spotify. <laughs> Please take a good listen. Please take a good listen. I bet you Tom was always getting money off of that, too. Dude, R&B. <laughs> need to get money on it. Spent $6 million on the movie. Early 2000s R&B <laughs> written. By Eastern European man. Come on now. You cannot beat that. That is a gem. Wait, he actually wrote the songs? Did he write Yes! <laughs> 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 
That I did not know. I did not know that. Yeah. I'm I actually not. I'm actually mildly impressed. He wrote all of them joints. I'm it is it is it's so amazing. Might have missed his calling. Mm. Did he? <laughs> I mean, I've heard I've I've heard songs in that time period that were close enough to be in that band. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was like you know that was apropos for the time. I bet he bought all the audio equipment too. Of course he did. I bet he did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna rent this. <laughs> I'm gonna buy it to make we one movie. We don't rent. We buy. Well, <laughs> test results are in. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, how's your sex life? <laughs> This is so rude, but y'all have to watch this shit. It's so oh. amazingly. I can't even. I'm from New Orleans. It is so bad. James Franco recreated the moment and gave us the disaster artist, which I have yet to watch because I just needed a break. Disaster artist is so good. It's not as good as the room is bad because that's impossible, but it's it's <laughs> he hits really, all the notes. It's crazy good. He hits all the notes. He gets like the like the actual like idiosyncrasies of Tommy Wiseau. Mm-hmm. The dude mm-hmm. captures it to a T. He becomes him. Yeah. And you have to watch the room first. I feel so like well, well, I, like I, I know people have done it in reverse, and they they still enjoyed it. I I personally like enjoy the fact that I saw it first, and then when I watched the disaster artist, like oh yeah, he got that right. So when he said, "So how's your sex life?" <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, "Oh my god, thank I you." I just feel my like god. you might not be able to appreciate how truly crazy oh, it can. is without the source material first. Like when no, you, you see can. the source material, and then you see the disaster artist, because I got to the point where they were in the restaurant. <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh, this is too much right now. I've had, to, I've got too much of this on my brain." I, I Can I get anything else for you? A cheesecake? <laughs> 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 so I watched the Disaster Artist first, and I was like, "Yo, James Franco's an ass. Nobody is like this." Mm. <laughs> and then I watched the room, and I was like, "Holy shit, knuckles!" Yeah. <laughs> You say holy shit, knuckles! Wow, that's how bad it, it is. was. Just that bad. I, I've never heard that before. It's shit, knuckles, bad. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I don't know what to do with that. Like I want to. That's how that. I felt watching the room. I don't yeah. know what to do with this. So for everybody out there listening, the room was written by Tommy Wiseau, directed directed by Tommy Wiseau, produced produced by Tommy Wiseau, starring and stars <laughs> starring Tommy Wiseau with a special guest appearance by Tommy Wiseau's ass. <laughs> yes. I could have done without. Yes. <laughs> and Everybody just so you know, me. Because when you watch, you will get about ten minutes in, and you will ask, "Is this, is this porn? porn?" It's not. Just go with it. Ah. So you will <laughs> also get about twelve minutes in and ask, "Is this the same sex scene?" <laughs> <laughs> And in, and in case you feel like we might be potentially ruining the movie before you, we're, we're not. not. Because it can't everyone be. sitting in this room has heard me make these jokes about the room before they saw the room. In fact, we were doing it last week. <laughs> we, it can't be ruined. Even if you watch it, it can't be ruined. You can still no. watch it again. Watch it with friends. Yeah. After you listen to watch this podcast. It with friends. <laughs> yes. Please. Everybody betray me. <laughs> <laughs> and it is something that you could turn into sport drinking. Just <laughs> Not that we're find, saying that you should, but you could. Find yeah. any number of things that you will find in the first 20 minutes to just keep 
drinking on. Inappropriate laughter. There's a bunch Hello of Hello fights. <laughs> football. <laughs> football, yeah. Yeah, football. Chip, 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 chip. Where's my fucking Awkward, l- awkward laughing. Ha, 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 ha. What a story, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> You've got great legs, Lisa. <laughs> You're so beautiful. I'd do anything for my girl. <laughs> Okay. The mother, though, is a gem. Oh. She is. She's my favorite. All right. She is my favorite. All right. So I feel like we'll have to come back to this. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's roll into some, um, some more serious things. After you watch The Room, though, send us some, some comments and some, some, let us know what you think. <laughs> your favorite line. Yeah, yeah. Definitely <laughs> get back at us with your favorite line. Yeah. We'll know what you're doing if you send us a line. You only have to like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you just drop a line, we'll know what it is. We don't need any context. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll just we'll give, just give you line. a happy face on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as it's in English. Yeah, yeah. Which Tommy was always barely in English. I asked that question. It's like, is he actually? Is did you did you notice when you first started watching that? Like, okay, like the audio wasn't synced properly. Yes. Yeah. I was I was I was, I was like like. Am I- <laughs> I was watching like it was like is, is he speaking English? It was English? just straight. No, no, it wasn't synced. It wasn't that it wasn't synced. It was straight overdubbed. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of overdub in that movie. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of unnecessary green screen. Just just watch the movie. <laughs> All right. So uh, So last week, Robert Glasper decided to open up a book for Lauren Hill and properly read her. I was trying to catch that joint today, man. I was trying to read up on it, like, you know, you listen see. to it. I was trying to listen to it. I was in what I was listening to the audio. Miss? I didn't get all the way through the audio before you hit me with the other joint. Wait, what did I miss? Robert Glasper. Went in. On uh, Miss Hill, as she likes to be called. Why? So, some years ago, um, he and some other artists were performing for her. They were doing the the music for her, some show she was doing. And she would come in and she would, like, change the music every day because, you know, she can't perform her music the way it was on the album because she got sued because she, quote, unquote, stole it. So... She would change the music every day and she would, you know, everybody was like, oh, you can't look her in the eyes and you have to call her Miss Hill. And she was just like, you know, being like a, a, a total ass and then was saying like, um, Robert Glasper, who well, he's got a pretty good career going for himself. Yeah, yeah I know who he is. Yeah. yeah he's, and he's, he's, like, he's known quantity. He's like, yeah, I'm not calling her Miss Hill. I'm not doing any of that and it was like okay so i know we said we were gonna pay you guys this but we're actually gonna pay you like half of what we said we were gonna pay you so and he's like i don't need this gig um so i'm gonna be out and i'm i'm just gonna leave and you basically he was saying that to lauren hill like you know you've not done enough to be the way you are that was that was the the quote that stood out to me Mm. also it was truth I mean, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill was a good album twenty something years ago. But yeah, but you don't get to live for thirty years on one album. Can't tell her that. <laughs> That's what she's been doing to those same sad souls that keep going to see her perform for thirty minutes because she was five hours late. I don't understand those people. I don't either. I don't understand those people. I don't understand those promoters. I don't even understand the venue. It's a lack of understanding all around. <laughs> and, and I mean, but but you know who I understand the least in this whole equation that actually makes the equation possible? The insurer. I wouldn't insure Lauren Hill if I was an insurer. I wouldn't insure an event that had her name on it. 
Because people going to want their money back. Most of the time, yeah. So, right. So, I mean, you would have to be self-insured. Somebody along the line. Because I'm not issuing a policy for her to do anything. She can't act in anything I do. She can't sing. She can't do shit. Damn. What about her? No, no, real talk. What about her is reliable? Nothing. Her reliability, her unreliability is the most reliable thing about her at this point. And I feel like, how is that in in a business where we always talking about, you know, people got to work hard, people, you know what I'm saying? We we don't know that the average person doesn't really understand the time and the commitment that it takes. How is it that she gets to constantly flaunt that and she only got one album? Just one. We're not counting that. Because everything else is a part of a trio. Well, there's an unplugged album that <clears throat> Tiber and Sylvie. No, no, no. Like See, we, just like we don't count that Nirvana. She, she plays. In, she can't. She plays. She plays in the same tune. Though. I was gonna say she's got like three chords. Yeah, yeah. She plays. That. Yeah, I think she, she didn't finished like, learning. She learned how to play guitar like on a that stage days before. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think she was dealing with Wyclef. He taught her a couple chords, and then they fell apart. And then like that's all the chords she, she ever like, learned. But the songs are good. They're they're just in the same chord. Definitely. Because she couldn't find a guitar center to get a lesson from. <laughs> Miss Hill is not going to a guitar center. Uh, I wonder what like has she been? Do we know anything about any like diagnoses she may have? Not that, nah, received? not officially. Not but, officially. Okay, so I because we know what Kanye is diagnosed with, right? We have any no. idea? Foot I feel like he. Well, I feel like he has on one of his songs. He actually refers to himself as bipolar. Mm-hmm. And refers and makes <clears throat> reference to him being. It, it, he does it like he says it in a way like women or women to take me. However, on meds, off meds. But I feel like so in his last album, I feel like he like really he's spoken a lot about <clears throat> like about who he is and, and where he's coming from. I, I still don't agree with it, and I still think it's it's wrong. I haven't <laughs> heard. I haven't heard the last album. Yeah, uh, so the I songs creep into my. Uh, to my my Amazon Prime, okay. Like when I play other people's stations, like if I say play a J Cole station or Jay Z station, somehow Kanye wants Kanye, a Kanye song will mm. pop in, and then I'll be like, "It's all part of the plan." Let yo. me listen to it, and then I'll be like, "Okay," but I still don't agree with you. Like I just, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. The one thing Kanye is a genius musically, musically, yeah, yeah. Many people are geniuses at something, you know. And I think a lot of that torment is something that just goes along with being a genius. Lauren, I just I just wonder what her diagnosis is. I just, I'm, I'm just curious years. about that. Years I've wondered that. You remember when she started wearing that clown makeup with that? Yes. That's when I was like, okay, so what's happening here? I need to. Yeah, I remember that. <clears throat> I need to know what's going on. I mean. I mean, I get it. Sometimes maybe you want to do a little something eccentric with your makeup, but no, nah, that was that was something else. Leave the house. Like that was something else. I guess I'm more I'm more concerned about her. I would than, say that than yeah, I'm that's, frustrated by her. Yeah, that's why I don't really like clown actively. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I do I'm think frustrated with her. I'm concerned about if that makes it easy. I'm I'm concerned about him too, but I'm more frustrated than concerned. With her, I'm more concerned and frustrated. I'm concerned with all of them or for all of them. But I also think that, like, the reality is people who dedicate their lives to one thing, music, art, writing, nursing, being a doctor, being an engineer, 
if you've got such tunnel vision that that is the thing that takes up all of your life, the reality is those people are assholes and it is not their genius. It is their unflinching, you know, unwavering commitment to whatever it is that they've dedicated their life to, you know, to the exclusion of everything else. Cause I feel like, you know, Kanye probably neglects his family greatly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When he feels like he needs to be in his creative zone because he feels like he's entitled to that. I mean, you know, Steve Jobs was an asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he was a notorious <laughs> asshole. And so I feel like, you know, all of these people who are great, who are known for something, like they are fucked up ass absentee parents and spouses. And we should just acknowledge that and keep it moving forward. I agree with all that. I don't think that makes them not geniuses, but I do agree that they are assholes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but I think, but, but I think, but I don't I think, think it's mutually the, exclusive. But I don't think the genius is what makes them crazy or what makes them assholes. I think it is the tunnel vision dedication to whatever it is they have, and that, and, and I think people like okay, so you know, like Picasso, because you know he's dead and he's. As uh, probably as controversial as Kanye, you know, he said fucked up shit. He did fucked up shit. He treated people horribly. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, everybody, you know, makes, you know, allowances for that because he's a great artist. And I think that, you know, the real story is not that genius, you know, is insanity or that it makes assholes. I think the real story is that people who have tunnel vision and don't see or want to do anything else are assholes. And we make excuses for them and blame it on genius but it's not genius because there's a lot of geniuses that go home and nurture their family and themselves well i i certainly (laughs) wasn't blaming it on uh them being a genius that's what i was acknowledging that for sometimes when people are afflicted with um they're afflicted with that Well, I'm trying to find a word. I want to use the right word. When they're afflicted with that. That certain je ne sais quoi. I think think some people have a singular focus, and I think some people are afflicted with a singular focus. And I don't think that's the same thing. I don't think everybody experiences it the same way. So. And I think that you're still wholly accountable for your actions and you're accountable for how you conduct yourself. But I, I think the threshold for the level of difficulty of that for some people is just it's different for everybody. For instance, like if you if you're an asshole, but you do have like a diagnosis of some mental disorder, you're accountable for your actions. But your disorder impacts your ability to act in one way or another at a given time. Mm. Because you have this disorder. So if you're not medicated properly or if you're not putting yourself in situations where uh, it's you're making it easier for yourself to not be triggered or if you're not even conscious of what your triggers are, you know, something like that, like it can make it more difficult for you to conduct yourself in a non assholeish way. You're still an asshole. But mm-hmm. the conditions like are for you to not be an asshole, they might they're just more difficult for you than they are for other people. Or the conditions for you to be less of an asshole than you generally are. Exactly. Are Maybe you're more of an asshole because of yeah. the because of the situation, you know. <clears throat> I agree with that. It's like I, I treat it the same way like when I look at the uh, you know, black community, right? And I look at how on on mass are 
youth have been intentionally conditioned, you know, with certain things and certain pieces of information and knowledge have been withheld from us and we've been overtly oppressed, like that we're still accountable for who we are. We're accountable for what we achieve, but we've been placed in a position where it's not as simple for us to achieve those things as people who have not historically been through the same things that we've been through or that our ancestors have been through. So yeah, we're still accountable and we're still responsible, but at the same time, we still acknowledge that it's not as easy for us as it is for someone who's not a part of a a community of color. Agreed. I'm sorry. I have to keep clearing my throat. My (laughs) allergies are jacked up. It's all good. I don't think I noticed until you just said something, but okay. Oh, but, but Kanye's an asshole. I think we all agree on that. Huh? <laughs> this week in, but why though? One day I'm going to laugh. I'm not going to laugh at that. I'm just going to keep a straight face. Go ahead. But it's funny. It is. A white woman. <laughs> white. Decided upon the Metro bus in D.C. Not the X2. The mm-hmm. X2. <laughs> She was on the X2, which is known for having shenanigans just on a regular day. Just because. It's the X2. So just the mere fact that you said not the X2, you know already she had problems. So this young lady decided to wade in troubled waters. She was involved in a verbal altercation with someone and... As she's getting off the bus, she says, you're all niggers <laughs> on the X2. How many people got off the bus? And they were like, oh! And then filming stopped. <laughs> and then the next time we saw her, when filming resumed, as the bus Stretched was driving away, out, yo. she was lying upon the pavement. Stretched out. In a bloody pile. <laughs> this incriminating evidence we'll be right back her, fa- mm. her whole face was bl- you couldn't even like see her features yo it was just like a mass of blood on her face yo it was not pretty so i understand that there's been like a shift in uh people's boldness since this orange administration i get it you know you guys are feeling emboldened He's you feel like asshole. you can just do whatever you want like hey I'm going to call the police on these people who are just, you know, minding their own business. Towards Minnesota Avenue. (laughs) Nothing right about this story. She put, she set herself up. So just the, the, the. The chutzpah. The low hanging balls. Uh, The low hanging balls. The low hanging balls. Wow. For her to realize, because I saw the tape. And she was definitely in the minority upon the X2 to just feel like, oh, I can hurl this and I'm going to be good. I'm going to be all right. She, what happened? She misjudged. She she thought she could just like like say it and then get off the bus. She, she realized that the bus had doors. But because she ain't never paid attention on the X2 to when the driver start to pull off, but it'd be somebody that didn't quite get out. They see soon enough and they'd be like, hey, 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 back door, back door. Mm-hmm. See, don't mm-hmm. nobody understand mm-hmm. how fast the mm-hmm. back door reflex mm-hmm. is for both the passenger mm-hmm. and the driver in, because the driver here back door and psh, open up. That bitch, mm. I feel bad for her. 
So I feel bad for her because she's in physical pain right now. But the reality is, right, you keep poking the dog with a stick, you might get bit, and you don't get to complain about that. Yeah. The bad part is she's probably not going to realize the error of her ways, and she's going to feel like she's the victim. She looked like a victim on the paper. I will say that. The worst part is everybody got saw nothingitis. Hmm. Oh no! The worst part is like the police. No charges on this one. No, the worst part is the worst part is the police actually like (laughs) identified two suspects and no charges were filed and no arrests were made. (laughs) That's the worst part. Right, because you don't get to call people nigga on a bus in D.C. and think you're gonna step off safely. One and two that anybody's gonna be called to justice, but you. Yeah, we we not under his eye yet, so y'all need to (laughs) y'all need to y'all need to bag back a little bit. Calm uh-uh. yourselves down. I understand. First of all, if it's going towards Minnesota Avenue, you got to understand that your the, the gentrification index is decreasing as right. you go east. Going the gentrification the is going in that direction, but it's it's not there all the way yet. It's definitely so, a very clear line. Yeah, the index is decreasing. So make sure you know, get your gentrification map. Measure a, out your no, index. As somebody said, the X2 is the only thing in D.C. that has not been gentrified. Yeah. <laughs> just jump out there and say that the X2 goes from southeast over, you know what I'm saying, to the far northwest. And the reality is it takes everybody who lives along that route to their low-income job, you know what I'm saying. So the reality is the X2 is never safe no matter where you are because at Chinatown, the X2 could look pretty dangerous depending on where you're coming from. I mean, Chinatown. I had to fight on the X2 one time. I'm not surprised. I believe it. <laughs> it was self-defense. So. Yeah, I mean, um, when, the, when that bus got stolen by that dude a, a few, like a couple years ago, that was an X2, I think. Wow, I believe it. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I saw X2, I was like, ah, oh, bitch, yeah. you need to learn how to read a room. I mean, you kind of set yourself I, I, up for I've, failure. I've, I've seen, so what she did, because again, I, I saw the clip very recently, as in like today. So, uh, what she did was she was not off the bus. No. And I've seen I've seen this 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 thing before, like, okay, we're having an argument and I'm walking away from the person that I'm arguing with. And like because I'm away from the person that I'm arguing with, I could get real fly. And she didn't really like take into consideration that like, yo, the moment you said, well, you she she could have just said you're a nigga and it still could have gone bad for her. But when she said you're all nigga, oh, yeah, yeah. Why niggas. would you bring other people? Yeah, yeah, why would yeah. you bring all why of these you, people? The, coll- the collective, the collective invite- <laughs> the, the collective response of the bus is like, oh, with that O was is like, oh, oh really? No. That's that was, that was a hand clap. Oh, really, bitch? That, that's what that was. But so. half the city got to get on that bus to go to income maintenance. I'm just saying, hey, I'm just it, like, just... like, like the fact that the, the it literally cut off after oh and picked back up with the bloody power. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see, and the, and the line. Let's see how many uh, how many other niggas you call nigga. Ooh, and it is some secret password. You know what I'm saying? Link footage going around <laughs> of the whole situation. Probably believe that. Probably believe that. I, Somebody has seen that whole. Probably thing. that shit is that shit is like the Minister Society tape, yo. <laughs> you seen the tape? Yeah, man, yeah, I yeah. seen the tape. So um, yeah, I mean, Ooh. I just I I hope that. Well, one, she's probably not listening. But, you know, I just hope that she takes this as a a learning opportunity. You know, sometimes when you get your ass beat, you just have to clean your wounds and just sit back and say, what have I learned from this? And how how can I not have this happen again? It's called growth. Mm -hmm. I've long operated. Look, I don't endorse violence. 
And I think that if you can, you, you know, co-sign that shit though. If you can find, <laughs> if you can find a solution, I think when there's violence, there's been a failure in communication. It's somewhere along the line. Oh, she but, definitely failed. But <laughs> I have always operated under the belief that some people will not have a change in their perspective unless they get their ass beat. They're just not capable of achieving that that they don't they need that experience <laughs> of having a foot broken off in their ass before they can really reach nirvana. Exactly. Before they can achieve it's understanding. Like brought it back around to nirvana. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some people just need that. They just do. Hey Amen. And it's just like I've not won every fight I've been in. That joint has given me some perspective. It gives you perspective. It's a learning <laughs> opportunity, right? Yeah. And to that end, you know, even though you don't endorse violence, I do not. there are some people who are very much ready to hand out two pieces and a pepper. Oh, yeah. And many of those people and are the next to and the pepper. Biscuit and the pepper. Yes, you're getting a two-piece and a pepper. Extra spicy. With the hot sauce and the was laying there in a cup mm-hmm. of water, just a pool of water around. Is that just... magic season? Huh? <laughs> I just want everybody to learn from this lesson that all of us do not belong to Camp Turn the Other Cheek. Mm-mm. No. You know what I'm saying? And some niggas don't forgive on sight. No. Well, I think the other cheek had been turned already at the beginning of the video. Because she's like, all right, we'll get off the bus then. And that's when she started like, you know. That was as, the mercy. As, as she started like walking closer to the door, she started getting a little more courage. She's like, I'm almost there. I feel like this is the point I can nigger. And then it's like, oh, it's, 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 yeah, it's just like, yeah. We thought she was turning the other cheek, but what she was really doing was gaining some momentum for that haymaker. You know nah, what I'm this, saying? This that shit happened off the bus. The, no, the, no, 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 no. When, when, when I'm saying, you know, she there, there was no turning the other cheek. She mm-hmm. started it. You know what I'm saying? And the reality is some of us will respond. Everybody oh, yeah, not I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that black people, I mean, you know, white people have been misled by all these people who stand up at these press conferences after horrific things happen to people of color and say we forgive them and think that we all forgive on site, but we don't. No. Some of us bear a grudge to the death. And I, I also like to uh, clarify, like, sometimes forgiveness ain't about the person who's been, like, you know, who actually did the wrongdoing. Sometimes forgiveness is about so yeah, you can actually, like, move forward. It's for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, forgiveness is not, I think people mistake that sometimes. So even when those people say, I forgive you, it's not actually for your benefit. It's for theirs. And, and right. I, I agree with that. And that's why I ain't forgiving you right away, because I ain't ready. I'm sorry you made me do this to you. You know what? I feel really guilty about this. I'm gonna as you lay in the hospital bed healing, I'm gonna really think about what I did here. I'm sorry I now have to catch the next bus. So many things. So, uh, Pope Benedict uh, finally responded uh, to the allegations of decades No, not allegations. Reports. Reports. You're right. You're actually actually right. Uh, Internal report, actually, because it's the Catholic Church that actually did the reports. Uh, The decades of abuse within the state of Pennsylvania. Let's lay it out. 300 priests, 1,000 children over 70 years. It was 70, I thought it was 30. 70? 70. Okay. 300 priests. No, let's say it again. 300 priests. 1,000 children. 
actually over a thousand children. They just capped it at a thousand. And that was just within the state of Pennsylvania. Just in the state of Pennsylvania over the last 70 years. And what was the, uh, the... some of them, some of them within the last decade. Because what... people want to act like, oh, this is old shit. This is old business. It's not old business at the meeting. Some of this shit is still on the motherfucking agenda. Well, it's not old business either for those who've been abused either. So, but I, I would like to just point out, like, what was the resolution for when these these priests were discovered to have been abusing children? What was what was the punishment for these these priests? They were sent to new dioceses where they where they expanded their pedophile rings. Deep. And was what was Pope Benedict? Because Benedict's some response? people, some I, I haven't even bothered to read this report. This is not something I'm interested in. But some people. <laughs> Some people, like like people who like do this for a living, like child abuse, were just so disgusted, like vomited through the report, cried through the report, like it's it's bad. Oh, Benedict said that um, we need to get lay people involved. The answer the answer is no longer within the church; it's mm. lay people, and it's in, it's it's independent like review, but they don't actually have a formula. I got one for them though. It was a soft response, I thought. I actually did not read the article. I didn't. I didn't. I, I heard like his response on the radio that was being read, and I was like, "That's a very soft response." Um, I didn't. I didn't. I I heard the the numbers again. I thought it was thirty years. I didn't know it was seventy, but even if it was ten, that's still so terrible. Let's, I was like, let's, okay, let's, so let's what talk. is what? Yeah. It is well, let's wet. talk about the problem with Francis. The problem with Francis is that you know what I'm saying. He about to come up on his own Pennsylvania style scandal. Because, you know what I'm saying, a little bit of what he covered up while he was in Argentina already came out. He done already had to say, oh, I'm sorry, I named a couple of pedophiles. I apologize. You know what I'm saying? So the reality is nobody who is, I don't think, under 40 in the Catholic Church, especially in, you know what I'm saying, the ranks of, you know, the the, the priests or the nuns in, in the vocational ranks, they can't actually say or do anything because they're all fucking complicit. And unless you're willing to put your own cards on the table and, and, and come out and admit what you really did, you can't actually address the real problem. The bigger issue is, you know what I'm saying? All these people are trying to protect their assets, their way of life, their retirement plans. You know what I'm saying? And so it needs to be lay people. It needs to be actual church members who come forward and say, Hey, you know what I'm saying? We need to figure out what this problem is. And they have the resources to do this, not just because they're rich, but because the Catholic Church is affiliated with some of the best universities in the world all over the fucking globe. And what they need to do is harness some of that intellectual power on all of these Catholic affiliated campuses and get real studies going on how you prevent systemic abuse, how you get reporting uh, practices in place and how you, you know, socialize, you know, your priests, your your lay people, how you socialize everybody so that there is no feeling like people can't report. And yeah, maybe that also means you have be an like independent reporting body. Well. Uh, there's also got to be some safeguarding and vetting as well. I mean, because at the end of the day, that's that's on the back end once shit happens. We like, you know, the, there's got to be some stuff done on the front end to prevent shit from happening in the first place. Right. And then they need to take whatever they come up with and and export that model, because the reality is um, it's a bunch of pedophiles in the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts. It's a bunch of pedophiles who are wrestling coaches and track coaches and yeah. gymnastic coaches and okay. swimming coaches. Nasty. The reality is 
the coach that your kid spends a lot of time with, the math teacher that your kid spends a lot of time with is more likely to be the pedophile, you know what I'm saying, that you need to be worried about at this point than, you know what I'm saying, the priest. And not only that, but if you are not Catholic, please don't think your pastor ain't a pedophile. Because I feel or, or, or like Catholics have, yeah. I feel like Catholics have borne the brunt of religious institutional pedophilia. But the reality is, um, mm, everybody guilty. I mean, you look at the church, you look at, you know, Sandusky, you look at Nasser, you look at like you even take it out of kids, you know, away from kids and look at the the, the whole, you know, what's coming out about the Me Too movement and, and look at Bill Cosby and, you know, and you just wonder why so many people run, walking around broken and in pain. And then you wonder why new victims are created by people who were hurt by other people because sometimes that joint creates a cycle it's like you if you if you don't want to get this under control just because you should get it under control get it under control because these things just have generational ramifications exactly you know is that this stuff gets passed through your gene trauma is serious that shit gets in your cells man or how about this get it under control because it's a fucking financial liability yeah, that's a more practical reason to get it under control frankly because, I mean, the reality is if everybody who's been abused by a Catholic priest came forward and even within the statute of limitations, as fucked up as they are in a lot of places, they could probably bankrupt the whole damn church. Because most dioceses who have been implicated in large scandals have sold off large tracts of land. Mm. All of that up there by Catholic University, all of that new development, that's what paid the Washington victims. Right. If we didn't have pedophile priests, we wouldn't have none of that in Brooklyn because mm. they wouldn't have to sell none of that land. There's a hmm, social service, mental health. I don't know how I want to define this because I've not really paid a whole lot of attention to it. But I have seen on some social service message boards that there's like this um, attracted to younger people movement. But not calling it pedophilia, what? and uh-huh. um, looking at it separately from pedophilia, and trying to look at it in a way that is acceptable. Actually, so I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, um, Christy, I want to say when we first started recording, when we first started doing like the, the shit you might have missed, she was saying that they're that then one of the next movers is they're going to try to normalize pedophilia. Mm-hmm. Well, pedophilia. I mean, the reality is it's not curable. No. It's not curable. And being abused does not mean you will become an abuser. It is not curable. It's actually a sexual orientation. We don't want to talk about it because sexual orientation gets a lot of freedom. You know, we're trying to create a lot of space for people to be able to freely live their, you know, the the truth of who they are. And the reality is if you cannot cure somebody, then it is who you are. And if it is who you are, when it comes to sex, then we have to consider, or sexuality, we have to consider it an orientation. And I think that's the really scary thing because the reality is if you cannot be cured of pedophilia, that means you're a child rapist. That means that you, there is no real safe place in society for you. You know, and I don't know. every, Every other orientation your partner can be complicit. Well, well, well pedophilia, I, your partner can't. They're too, they're, and, and bestiality, because I think we need to, I mean, you know, 
animals can't consent. That's rape too. It feels different because they're not people, but I mean, you know, you'd be grossed out if somebody, you know, you'd be really grossed out if you found out that your dog groomer was systematically raping all the, you know, Bijan Frise's that came in there. <laughs> there were. I mean, it's, it's like, I don't, I don't know why I couldn't make the jokes, but there were so many. There were a lot of jokes. There were so many. Oh, like there was just like a pregnant pause. Like it's just like I'm just, not gonna make a joke right yeah, now. I just didn't make but, them. Yeah. But, but, but I, I mean, could. Like, I just chose not to. Yeah, I, we made the same choice, brother. But, yeah, but this, I, this I is like a, this is a thing that we, we're gonna have to address, you know, as a society in the future. Because if there is no way to fix this behavior, if we cannot, you know, therapize it out of people, then we have to figure out where we place these people. Because the reality is, uh, pedophiles are a danger to society. So it's it's not actually an orientation that you can practice with. Well, so I, I I don't remember who it was. I'm sorry. I feel like I keep bringing up stuff with little background. It's okay. I but do somebody it was talking about it. Um, I think she was like running for some local office and was just trying to um, normalize this non-offending pedophilia. Uh-uh. And this is recent. This was this on um, this election cycle. Where yeah. am I? Where was I? I don't know. Uh, it wasn't. What, it wasn't what? major news. I, I, I found to, about it after I to NPR. She lost though, right? Yeah. What, what is non-offending pedophilia? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm very confused. okay. So the whole the whole so thing the whole of people who want to who are pedophiles but don't actually want to act upon or who don't act on their pedophilia. They just that's just their thing, right? Right. So the idea is that pedophilia is being attracted to children. Sexually attracted to children, but the non-offending pedophilia, pedophilia. Oh, you mean like non-offending, like they have? I realize that I have this, but but I'm not acting on it. Okay, all right, got you. So I guess I understand that. Yeah, so I mean, it it piggybacks off what Christy was saying about it being a sexual orientation, but also it's not a thing that's curable. I mean, you could. Like medically castrate somebody, but there's a whole bunch of or shit associated them. with that. That's problematic as fuck. And that um, doesn't work. <laughs> Not getting an erection never made anybody stop seeking sexual pleasure. True. And you can't make like pedophile but, island because then like eventually there's going to be kids born on pedophile island and then No, those like, people those kids people, be born pedophile those people you sterilize men, men and women. Pedophiles. Did you really just um, No, no, I'm just saying if you, never mind. Did you Those I, people you, you, you do realize that women can be pedophiles. No, that's not what I was that's not what oh. I was saying. I, well, they, I, I thought they would have been like segregated like you do normal prison populations. No, those people you that's sterilize. That's how I thought in my mind prison pedophile island. Okay. Those people you sterilize, and I'm not talking about chemical castration either. I'm talking about if you are a self-professed pedophile and you want to go live in a colony full of pedophiles, you get to have a hysterectomy and you get to have a vasectomy and then you get to go live there. Because what y'all not going to do is breathe. That's what y'all not going to do. Well, then that yeah. pedophile island might work then. If you can, if you can sterilize everybody. Didn't they try to make an island with prisoners? And, and I do mean, his, I, and yeah. I do mean hysterectomy. Yeah. I'm talking about. And now koalas have to Cutting and burning and tying some fallopian tubes. I mean, you you got to surrender your uterus. <laughs> surrender your uterus. I didn't hear anything you said, Chrissy, except surrender your uterus. That's the only thing I heard, and so, that is hilarious. <laughs> surrender your uterus. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was trying to do a smooth one. You look at me like nigga. What? <laughs> 
sorry, I'm not so good with reading lips. You said the podcast? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to transition from talking about pedophiles. So, yes. And, and, koalas with and surrendering and your uterus. Uteri. Yeah. Uteri? Respect. Yeah. Uter- plural. Uteri. Uteri. Is like alumnus uter- and alumni. Yeah, uterus and alumni. Uteri. I think it would be either one. You know, we're so dumb now. We've just made all the Latin plural because people are too dumb to know that you change it and you have to you know. Yeah, a uterati. So. <laughs> Sounds like a nice fancy car. Right. <laughs> so, um, Christy, I know you said you were going to listen to, or you you were listening to the realness, the podcast. Did. did you finish it? I did. So I didn't get an opportunity to finish. I was on like the last episode, but the realness is a podcast, and it's on a couple of different outlets. I know it's on Spotify. I know it's on NPR. Beyond that, I can't speak to it. Um, sorry. I think it's on Apple. Can... I think it's on Apple. Um, it's probably on Apple Stitcher. Probably. I know. I know nothing of this podcast. So the realness. Um, you remember when they did the Chris Lighty podcast, mm-hmm. and it was like you know short, and it was about his life. Yeah, it's crazy just now. Okay. That sounds very familiar. So the realness is about prodigy. We, we, we from talked about. It. We spoke about that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he has sickle cell anemia. Mm. And so it talks about um, his life, but with a strong focus on sickle cell anemia, the issues that he had, um, the issues that people in general have with sickle cell anemia, like what it feels like, what the treatment is like, some of the discrimination that they face. Um, Apparently, uh, Nixon came up with this, what was it called? The sickle cell anemia, something like sickle cell anemia act or. Let's get rid of sickle cell anemia act or something like that. And they started all these clinics where people with sickle cell anemia could go, um, get infusions, and then they wouldn't have to worry about going to like ERs and people feeling like they're, you know, seeking drugs because it's very painful. Um, I think he said one of his friends, they interviewed one of his friends and he said he asked him what it felt like. He said, it feels like my bones are on fire. Mm. I was like, damn. Um, but the other thing that Christy was texting me, um, and you might want to talk about this a little more, is why it's important to have um, people in the room with you. Like if you have to have a healthcare advocate or mm-hmm. even if you don't think you have to have a healthcare advocate, why it's important to have somebody who can advocate for you. He was telling a story about when he was four and his grandmother was in the room and said he was in really deep sleep and she couldn't wake him up. And she asked the doctor and the doctor was like, oh, he's just sleeping. So she asked that doctor's boss and he was like, oh, he's just sleeping. She was like, well, the next person I'm calling is going to be my attorney. And found out that he was like slipping in and out of a coma and was like damn near <laughs> on his way to death. Mm. And it just highlighted, they were saying, like, you know, he always had to be with someone. Someone always had to be with him. Mm. So I actually started at the last episode, and it was so, like, so traumatic for me that I actually had to stop. So I haven't listened to the rest of them, but I listened to the one about him dying. And, um, I don't, you know, I don't know if there's going to be an episode that comes out after it. Um, it's a series, so it's possible. From what I've gathered, um, I don't know. So far, nobody said anything about a lawsuit mm. or anything like that. But like, 
he he choked to death on a hard-boiled egg. And the reality is I deal with my own chronic illnesses and I know what my body feels like when I can or when I cannot eat. And I don't know this man, but I would imagine that having, you know, lived with this for so long for, you know, your whole life that he would know himself pretty well. And so, you know, all of the sickle cell specialists that they spoke to um, said they would want an investigation because that made no sense to them. Because I think the reality is (laughs) people who manage all kinds of, you know, complex and complicated diseases where like, you know, you have to eat the right foods and drink enough water and, you know, not be out and doing too much and and know your limits on everything. Like, you know, when you're going to put food in your mouth and when you're not going to. And there are many people who think that, you know, oh, well, maybe because he was on opiates that, you know, he was just nodding in and out. And, you know, I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. But I mean, one of the things that they do to, you know, people of color and women as, you know, uh, is they either under medicate us or they over medicate us. They under medicate us because we, they think we don't have any real pain or they over medicate us because they think, of course, we have a high tolerance for drugs because that's all we do all day is sit around and get high. And so I just feel like, you know, I don't know what happened, but just his death alone speaks to why you need people always advocating for you. And the reality is, you know, the thing with his grandmother, you need people who know your illness. You need people who know that you know your body and will stand up and say, I don't give a fuck what you think about him. I know that he knows himself or she knows herself. And if she says that this is what's going on, then you need to listen to her because people will dismiss you. You know, I have a friend who was in the emergency room uh, for a pain that she had in her knee. Um, and she was over-medicated. Her husband was livid about it. And when he called them out on it, they were like, oh no, that's, you know, just how it is. You know what I'm saying? And when they wanted to keep her longer, despite not knowing what was wrong with her, he was like, for what? So you can continue to drug her? No, I don't think so. We'll go home, you know? And they like were mad that she went home because, oh, we don't know what's wrong with her. We want her to continue to sit in the ER and get drugs. Or at that point, they, I think they wanted to admit her. But then when she goes to the specialist to say, hey, I'm having this pain, two of them dismissed her. She went back for a third appointment and was like, I'm not leaving this office until somebody figures out what's wrong with me. And then lo and behold, you know, they kept trying to tell her, oh, it's arthritis. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. No, it turned out to be something else. So, I mean, if you don't advocate for yourself, people will, you know, let you suffer and or die. Yes. Yeah. I, I think. Most of us can actually, like you more than anybody, I'm sure, but I think most of us can like attest to either personally having an experience where you were like ignored or you're saying that I'm not right and you're trying to explain like this is not right, this is not normal, um, and and have people ignore and tell you like, okay, it's a, for example, Slim, you and I have a friend. I wasn't there, but Shay was. I think you were there as well, who was like in tremendous amount of pain um, at a hospital not too far from where you live and uh, she was basically being ignored for hours and come to find out her appendix on her appendix was on the verge of rupturing mm-hmm. uh, things like that um, that's yeah. how subtle racism will kill you yeah yeah so um and it's like so um 
I was listening to um, Sirius XM, Karen Hunter show, which I like to plug a lot, but um, um, they do Foolishness Friday where they kind of like unwind a little bit, but they were actually talking about some serious stuff and they're talking about things along this line and they're talking about advocating for yourself and the fact that you have to, you know, be weary, uh, be leery of the fact that a lot of black people, like Chrissy just said, um, have to kind of unknowingly combat uh, pre-existing notions or uh, conceptions about us when we come into an operating room or when we go to deliver or something like that. And one of the people who was on there said uh, before she went into the hospital, after her water broke, she took a shower because there's a stereotype about like uh, people being unclean, black people being unclean and stuff like that. And she said she didn't like, she didn't want any like, and she, and one, one, the other lady was on there was saying that um, she happened to go in, she was, she was hemmed up. And she had her hair like it was natural and she got the worst type of treatment. And another time her hair was pressed and everybody was super nice and super friendly and super kind. I'm like, ain't that about a bitch? But so I've worked at a hospital in D.C. I remember the name of which I will not say. I can say it. No, I won't. I won't do that. But you won't. I won't do that. It's um, I mean, it's well known to be super racist. Uh, and from that, y'all could probably figure out which hospital I'm talking about if you're from here. I've um, made the rounds. They're all racist. And just like sitting in where I sat, you can hear a lot of the conversations that nurses have with uh. with patients or even just, you know, walking through the ED, I mean, the emergency department. You, you. Sorry. <laughs> you hear conversations or you see, you know, how one person is being treated versus how another person is being treated. And you, I mean, you, you know, it's not fair. And sometimes people will call it out and just be like, you know, this, this place is racist. Y'all do this. Y'all do this. Y'all act, act this way. And, you know, they usher certain people out and do a little bit of a back rub. I'm not going to invade your space, Slim, but they do a little bit of a, mainly because my armpits are sweating because it's so fucking hot in this goddamn basement. Feel free to invade my space. <laughs> You're welcome in my space. Yeah. I'm trying to keep my arms keep tight, but I'm so I'm so hot. Um. <laughs> Clinch them pits up, though. like low hanging balls. Clinch them. <laughs> Let's go. But also, I mean, Serena. Again, I think we talked about this, but Serena t- mm-hmm. Williams discussed this about and how she Beyonce. had to advocate. Right, and Beyonce mentioned it as well. Like you have to advocate, and if you are not someone who was feels like you're strong enough, you know, if you get that, you see that white coat and you start to kind of freak out a little bit and you feel like it's very authoritative and you can't use your voice, mm. then you need to make sure that there's somebody who is who okay is, with yeah. using that mm-hmm. voice. Because the preeclampsia is what all Beyonce was dealing with, which is very right. dangerous. And all I'm going to say is if they almost kill Beyonce, they will kill anybody's colored ass. Shit, no, almost got the it too. reality is all of them holes was up there, you know what I'm saying? Oh, single ladies, put a ring on it. You know what I'm they was all freaking the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Beyonce is on my floor, but bitch is almost dying. Meanwhile, she's you know about to saying? die. And, and y'all are going to kill her because, you know what I'm saying? Subtle racism. And even, even like, even beyond race, like there's a reason they call it practicing medicine. Like, l- let's not make the assumption that every doctor has every answer. Like we need to, we need to challenge them. Because I've found in my personal experience that the best doctors are just the most attentive doctors, the doctors who pay attention and ask you questions and they try to 
there, there's iterations, there's permutations, different people's bodies react differently to different medications. And like the, the most attentive doctors help get you on the path to proper healing. And some doctors are just like, you're just on the assembly line to some doctors mm-hmm. and practicing medicine. Especially means, in the ER. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Like they, like they just, they, they don't have all the answers and they're not all invested in your well being. So hats off to the doctors that are, um, but you know, overwhelmingly it's just like in any profession it's not just doctors in any profession most of the people are average <laughs> that's why it's average <laughs> most of the people are not that good at what they're doing and some people are the best and some people are terrible or you know, or you know what don't care you know what I'm yeah saying? yeah like, like they this, just this disinterested is just, this is just a paycheck you know what I'm saying? and the worst part about that is that many people are actually paid to be empathetic at work. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And like, you know, your doctor, the nurses, all the people involved in your healthcare, including and most especially the receptionist, needs to be empathetic. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And the reality is too many people are not paid well enough to be empathetic. Too many people, even if they are paid well enough, just don't have enough fucks to be empathetic. And the worst part about it is everybody is looking for empathy and compassion because these are the worst moments in your life when you're in a doctor's office, you're in a hospital. You know what I'm saying? Even if you're having a baby, it's still one of the most dangerous points. Mm. Especially if you are a black woman having a baby in the United States, it's especially dangerous for you. The the more mortality rate for black women having a baby in the United States. Yeah. Isn't it higher here? Like in the DC region? It's even higher. It's the highest here. It's the highest here. Yeah. Um, so I, I would I would say to put a bow well not put a bow on it because I feel like this is a conversation <laughs> that like, can go on for a while. Is this is a gift. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just I, I was in depth in the middle. <laughs> I would just say like be mindful if you're if you're going through something or you know somebody's going through something. Something that was actually very helpful to me when I was going through a period when I was not well. Uh, somebody told me like start taking notes, take notes of what what you eat, when you eat it, what you drink, when you drink it. How often you're drinking? What medication you took at what time? Uh, and you pulling? All, all that stuff. It How sounds yeah, yeah. Take all these things or whatever, because for that right doctor who comes through and asks you those questions or whatever, yeah. it could be something that can change. It can be like a light going. It's like it's it's cathartic because like you go and people tell you that you're, you're you're fine and you know you're not fine is one of the most frustrating things, and that can also also make you want to like not continue to like try to find answers because people keep telling you you're fine and you're not fine. But having somebody validate you, like, okay, like, I'm not crazy. That is cathartic as fuck. So I would say, like, if you're going through something right now and you're, you're, you're dealing with something similar to that, take as many notes as you can in terms of, like, what's going on in your daily routine, what you're doing. You might be able to figure it out yourself based upon, like, the things that are happening in your routine. But, like, take notes. That's what I would say. And yeah. if you have a diagnosis or if you strongly suspect a diagnosis and you have a Facebook account, Find Facebook support groups because many of them are really, really good and they just might save your life. My porn allergy group can save my life. On that note, sorry, I don't have a, a witty wrap up because I'm hot. So anyway, how's your sex life? <laughs> <laughs> you have nice legs, t Raj. <laughs> <laughs> We're wrapping this up, Takia. 
The air has betrayed me. Love is blind. <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> Gonna sit in some air that has been conditioned. Watch the room. Knows one its more time. place, maybe. Or, or Infinity War. Who knows? We could or, go either way. We could. Yes. Um, also, just want to give a shout out again to Insecure. I don't know what kind of lighting or makeup you guys are using this season, but these black folks are looking beautiful as fuck. Well, I'm gonna have to get my life together and start watching Insecure. I still haven't watched it. Yeah, you're only behind two episodes. You still, you still got time. Yeah, it's a perpetuating problem. Yeah, yeah. That's we, why you we take those early. by. It gets a little bit worse. Yeah, get and they're short episodes. The episodes like 23 minutes. You can, yeah. you can do it. You can do like it. Atlanta. Does that mean we'll get a longer season? Probably not. It's gonna be ten episodes. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Now they've always been like 23, 23 minutes though. They're not well, long. It was eight. It was eight last season, so I can, I'm okay with ten. Was it eight? I thought it was ten. I don't know. Because no. Ballers was, was ten also. How many was Atlanta? Ten. Ten. This is America. Okay. It is America. But if, it could have been eight. I don't know. Maybe season three was eight. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but they are pretty. And in the words of Kelly, never look a gift horse in the dick. Signing off. <laughs> T. Rich to my left. Theodore. Theodore Perkins. What's that your name? We call you Teddy. You will be my sacrifice. All right. No, that's Slim. That's Slim as Maximus. Yeah. <laughs> da Vinci Parts, a.k.a. Lee Bennett third. We're saying goodbye live from somewhere. Hey, Savage. Have a wonderful week, friends. Be nice to yourselves. Be nice to yourselves. Take care of yourselves. Take care of others. Make sure to check us out everywhere you find your podcast. And let your friends know that they can find us everywhere. They find their podcast. Or sit down. Share with them. Listen. We're on Spotify and Stitcher and Apple Music and SoundCloud. We are not on air conditioning, though. So that problem remains. <laughs> we will be as soon as this shit wraps. And tell us about your sex life. <laughs> no, don't tell us about no, your no, sex please, life. No, no, please don't. Don't tell us about your sex life. No, no. That was no, Tommy. Dude, dude, no, dude. Tell us interesting stories. Not about your sex life. Tell no. Christy interesting stories. Yeah, to Christy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find her and then life. tell her interesting stories. Yeah. Don't deny us, look. I'm us. okay with we're being denied. Us. Please deny we're, we're saying that you, yeah. You, you're saying that you want to hear Deny me your stories, stories your well lit dick just, pics, yeah, all of that. All that. I don't yeah. want none of that shit. I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, well, I, you I can't even commit to it. You can't put dick pics on me. I'm pretty sure you can. They might not stay there that long, but I'm pretty sure you can. There's a window. Yeah. It's a dick window. Good night. Stay blessed, stay woke. A dick window? <laughs> a dick window. <laughs> I don't know, just, just picture hey, like, like a, a window, window peeping up and like a penis like...